Welcome to the Be Brave podcast, where ordinary, badass, brave women speak their stories of courage and strength. We hope that by hearing the struggles and successes of women just like you, it will help you be brave. Please note that the Be Brave podcast does cover adult topics that include overcoming adversity in areas of sexual abuse, addiction, depression, and other difficult experiences. have Giovanna Fernandez de Castro with us. Giovanna was born in Havana City, Cuba in 1965 and grew up as the middle child in her family with one sister and one brother. She got her degree in structural engineering and began working for the government. In 1991, Russia saw the fall of socialism and Giovanna saw Cuba change. She realized her country and its economy depended totally on the maintenance of the USSR. Giovanna saw the writing on the wall. She stopped working for the government and decided to leave Cuba. She achieved that goal in 1997 when she moved to Venezuela on a tourist visa along with her husband and brother. During Giovanna's second year in Venezuela, the government changed its president and Chavez took power. After two more years seeing how that beautiful country began to be destroyed, Giovanna, at three months pregnant, and her husband and brother made the decision to come to the U.S., and that was in the year 2000. Once in the U.S., Giovanna started working for a company as a civil engineer in Miami, which is where she stayed until her, till she and her family relocated to Sarasota in 2015. Parallel to that full-time job, because everybody has two full-time jobs. <laughs> everybody has time for two full-time jobs. She also worked doing all the quality control inspections and accounting for the company she and her husband founded in 2004. Giovanna and her family are still living in Sarasota, and she is currently the operations manager of her family's construction company, D&J Roofing and Construction, Inc. Here are just a few things that Giovanna told us ahead of time about herself that we wanted to share with everybody. She is energetic and a leader, and I think that is basically speaks for itself when you say you had two full-time jobs at one point. And she always stood out for wanting to do more than what she had to do and more than what could be done. She is so glad for the opportunities this country has for immigrants like her and all the achievements she has made since she arrived in the U.S. some years ago. Welcome, Giovanna. That is a very impressive bio. Yes. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm here to talk about, you know, myself and you can ask me whatever you want to know about my life, my life in Cuba, my life in Miami, Sarasota or Venezuela. Just ask me. Awesome. We and we will. We promise we will ask you lots of questions. But before we get started, Giovanna, I want to read to you a quote that we read to all of our guests on this Be Brave podcast. One day you will tell your story of how you've overcome what you're going through now, and it will become part of someone else's survival guide. So thank you for sharing all of your success in overcoming adversity. So we, I got to read the notes that you said to us. And I'm always fascinated by people who grow up in a country that's not a republic, that doesn't, you know, 
put freedom at the top of the list. And I know that Cuba was a very independent country at one time, self-sustaining, very independent, and then turned communist. And you grew up in that time. And so I read that in junior high school and middle school, you only got to go to your home for less than 24 hours. And the rest of the time, you were working for the government as a child while you were going to school and getting an education. So I would love for you to tell our listeners what it was like growing up in Cuba, even prior to junior high school. And then take us through what it was like, you know, some of the things that you shared with Kara and I and share that with our listeners, please. Okay, that was, uh, I have a, you know, let me say, like, good childhood. Good because of my family, because of my friends and everything. But what happened when we grow up after, let's say, elementary school, at my time, maybe today is different, really, I don't know today. Today's day, I don't know. But at that time, was like everyone, for all the child at that age of, at seventh grade, let me say seventh grade, we started middle school. And in the middle school, we go, everyone go, like one school is like, you are, I don't know what would be the word, in turn, like you, what would be the word? I don't know. Are you, is it work study? Do you work and go to school at the same time? Yeah, we work and we study, but it's like you are like in jail, but it's not in jail. It's like, you know, we call intern. Oh, like boarding school. Like we would call it boarding school, I think, where you're staying at the school. Yes. In boarding school could be, because I don't know what would be the word. We study for everyone at my age. We, you know, pass from elementary school to middle school. And then you have to go to that border school. The school was not on my neighborhood, was far from my from my neighborhood, from my house. And then we have to stay there, studying and working, working as a farmer. I tell you, working as a farmer, like with tomato, with potatoes, like like you know, taking all the, the weeds or doing something like a little child. How can be doing that? Wow. Difficult. And then maybe on the morning or maybe on the afternoon. And the other part of the day, we go to the classroom. The classroom for, you know, learning math, learning whatever. And then at night, that was the only, let me say, wonderful part. We were like a party together. You know, at that age, together all night with your friends and hanging out and doing some, you know, yeah, that was the, the only wonderful part of that. Yeah. Instead of going in your house, being with your parents, like boring, starting or looking at television, because we don't have television at the time, by the way, and then hanging out with the friends. That was the, the best part of that. The other part was not good, really not. Were there different schools that taught you different things or different places for different kids? Like, were you put through some testing and it decided, okay, you're going to be a structural engineer. You're going to be a farmer. You're going to be, you got to decide what you wanted to do in your life. Yeah, but no, at the time, at the time, this is the school that you have to go. Remember, in Cuba, everything is because you have to, and you, it's like, must do, it's, it's not an option. It's not like here. Here you have an option. If you want to be like this, you can do it. If your ability are able to provide you that 
I don't know, capacity to do it, you go that way. You decided to go another way? No. There is whatever they decided for you. You have to go to the school. This is your school. You don't have option. So everybody, when they came to seventh grade, had to go to a school like this where it was work and study. The only way that you can avoid, I don't know if the word would be appropriate, avoid going to that school, you have to prove to the government that your child, suppose you are the mom, your child has some medical issue, medical problem that enable him or her to go to that school. Because the only way that you can, you know, go to another path, to go to the your like here, your local neighborhood. Wow. That's the only way. So you had two siblings, a brother and a sister, one older, one younger. Were you all at the same school? No. Um my sister and I, yes, but my brother, no, because he's younger than me, six years. Oh, uh, so by by the time he your brother went to the school, you must have been out and in college then, right? Yeah. Okay. So you you go to this school and you learn. What was the work? Like you you mentioned farming, tomatoes, stuff like that. So what did you eat? Did they provide food for you? Did they obviously provided shelter? Where did you shower and bathe? Like what about your clothing? How who was providing all of these things for you while while you were at school for everything but twenty two hours a week? That was provided by the government. This is your uniform. This is your food. Your food at the time, or our food at the time, was all the time rice, like peas. I think you call peas. Is the little grain, like green? Yeah, peas. Yeah, peas. Peas, rice, eggs, boiled eggs, and fried fish. Fried fish. Okay. Most of the time, and uh, milk. On the for breakfast, meal and sometimes bread. That's it. Only a piece of bread and meal, and they boil a meal because you know avoid to contamination. It's not like here. You have here the meal is pasteurized, pasteurized, and all the stuff. No, there is like pure meal, and they boil at the time. They boil the meal, and the meal smells like smoke. Oh, wow. Because it was overboiled. Yeah, overboiled. Oh, and no one liked Yeah. No one liked it? No, no one liked it. Me like it. You did. I was drinking milk. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> you like boiled milk. <laughs> yes. And I, for me, meal, whatever, you know, with chocolate, with vanilla, with uh, cinnamon, that was great for me because I survived that way. Give me your meal. Give me your meal. Give me your meal. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, if everybody else didn't like it, I'm sure they were willing to give it up for you. Of course, of course. And then that was the food that government provide us. And when we go home on the weekend for, like you say, 24 hours from Saturday to Sunday, at that time we arrived to the house. What food? Different food. What food do you have here, mom? And trying to, you know, and my grandparents, thank God, they were helping my mom and my dad trying to find some different stuff for us. Every time that I go home, I have something different to taste, at least. <laughs> That's nice. 
you shared some interesting things with us. I just want people to understand what a 13-year-old, I mean, that's about the time you go to these, um, I'm going to call it a work camp. It sounds like a work in an education camp, almost like a what what we have learned, like when somebody takes a prisoner of war and throws them in a work camp, right? You get the food that's provided to you. You get the uniform that's provided to you. You get told when you're going to wake up, what you're going to do, when you're going to go to sleep. Is that, it sounds like that to me. Sound no, works like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Six, six o'clock, the, the ring, the ring bell, something like that. Time to wake up. Brush your teeth, get um, dressed, and go to the breakfast room, and go to like this. Everything was like that. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because as you're saying all of that, I'm thinking about some of the. I don't have children, but some of these problems that you know this first world country has with children feeling neglected if they don't get a new computer or if they don't get a car when they're 16 years old or if they don't have their own room um, and they don't have the newest clothing. And here, you know, other children in the world grow up like you did with government provided clothing. And um, I read in your information that you would have to cut the toes out of your shoes to provide for growth because you couldn't afford other shoes as you were growing out of your hand-me-downs. But also, I just want, you know, when you were working, you shared with us that there was no water. The government wouldn't provide you children with water. So you had to find water where to drink while you were working in the fields. Really, I don't know how I can explain that in English. Difficult for me. But was imagine that you have like the big farm with all the cultivation. The irrigation, the water. How, how, no, the irrigation system for the, for, the, for the tomatoes, for the whatever. You say culture? Or crops? Crops. That's the word. Crops. Crops. Okay, let me start. You have a big crop farm, and for to irrigate that crop farm, you have like a, it's like a hole, but it's not like a hole. It's like a tube around the crop, like a moat, like a ditch moat. Yeah, like a dish all all on the way of the crop uh, farm, and then the machine puts some pump or something inside that to pump the water out. To pump the water out and the machine spread the water over the crop. What happening? Some point they open the system to start running the water because the water is not running all day long. They turn on the machine like the pump and start to the water coming to the chunk. And then we drink the water from there because we don't have bottle of water. We don't have any type of supply for that and we drink the water from there out of the irrigation system that was the only water that we can drink during the our section half a day since 7 a.m in the morning to 11 11 30 or in the afternoon 1 30 to 5 30 wow all day wow from, from monday to friday what if it's raining outside you still have to do it yeah um sometimes you say it's raining if it's raining at 7 a.m., you don't go to, to the to the farm. You stay on the school. But if you are on the farm and start raining, you have nothing to, like you say, to cover your head. Yeah, you have completely, you have to, you know, completely wet. Completely wet because you don't have anywhere to go. 
Yeah, you are in the middle of the park and it's raining. And where did you where did you bathe? Was uh, on the pool, on the camp, like you say, we have the bathroom. And we have that little camp for for the girls, the first grade, let me say the, the seventh grade girl, one is like huge cubicle, like have so many for the bed, is like one on top of the other. Bunk beds. Yeah. Well, how do you call that? Bunk beds. Bunk, bunk bed. Okay, we have bomb bags. I don't know, maybe 70 bomb bags in one huge cubicle and all the girls on seven grades and the other floor, for example, that was the first floor and the second floor, all the girls for the eight grade and the other floor, the nine grade girl. And you go to the bathroom and the bathroom is like one part of the bathroom is for the toilet. The toilet has door on you know, possible to close your door when you go to the bathroom. But the other part, showers, is like the prison, believe me, like a prison here, like the jail in here. One to the other, like... Wide open. Wide open. Wide open, okay. Wide open showers, and we take a shower. And sometimes, some school, because I passed, I think it was three different schools, and they have one wall in the middle, but no door. Just the wall between my shower and the other girl's shower. One, I don't know, was plastic or I don't know what material, but one little wall between the showers. But on the front, nothing. So I know that I'm spending a lot of time on this, but I'm just fascinated. If you got injured, if you were sad, if you had some childhood emotion that you needed comfort from an adult, where could you, did you have anywhere that you could turn and then, and then I just want to follow up. When you did go home and spend time with your parents, what was that like? Like, did you have enough time to connect, and were you able to get comfort from your parents, and vice versa from from you? Yeah, I think that yeah, maybe it was not time enough with my parents because twenty four hour was not enough. But was nice. At some point, I said I remember that I said to my father, Papa. I need to go out to that school because in that school, the most important for me was to learn. I was learning almost nothing. Ugh. And I said, I need to get out of here, there. I I need to, you know, to start really learning, really learning because there, you don't learn. What's just hanging out with your friend and go to fun and sometimes study. But study, it was not like really study. And if you... For example, myself, I was trying to at nine study myself studying, and everyone look at me and say, "You are near. What are you? What are you doing?" I say, mm-hmm. "I want to study. I want to learn. What are you doing, Giovanna? Are you crazy? Come with us." I say, "I want to study." And was you know, without supervision, with any adult around you pushing all the boys and girls, you need to learn this. You need to yeah. And for the for the child, it's like a party all the time. No, it's not party. You need to learn. But do you think your government wanted to keep the kids uneducated? Mm, I don't know. They maybe they said they said it's for the best of us, for the best of the child. They said that, but I don't think so. What was the background or whatever behind that? I really don't know. Really, really don't know. But it sounds like the emphasis was on the work part and getting the crops, you know, fertilized and fed and mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really interesting. So obviously you wanted more education, which led you to go to university. Now, was everybody expected to go to university or was that a choice? No, it's maybe the same like here and one part and another part different because the only thing there that you need to 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 comply, you need to comply with two things. Wow. One thing is like political stuff. Because of that, I said to you, I trust in the government until what happened with, you know, the European East uh, countries. And you have to be, they said, integrated. I don't know. You have to believe in the community. You have to behave like you are, you know, acting like you were pro, you were working for the government, basically. And you have to agree to that. Yes, but no, you're, no, no, you're working. If no, you believe and you you have to behave that what are they doing is correct. And you, they call integrated. You know, you are not like we say contra-revolucionario. It's again of the revolution. You are revolutionario. Is with the revolution. You are with them or you are without them. Something like that. And you have to demonstrate that you are with them. It's number one. If you are, or if you have some religion, it's not good. Religion is not good? No, was not good at that time. No, no, no. And then that was the first like requirement, you know, be integrated. And the second is that, like here, you need a GPA. You need the point to be able to achieve, like say, they have maybe open a position for the architectural school, 10 position. And whatever person have 100 points is the first. And the, I don't know, and below, below, below. So it's really competitive, like really competitive. Yes. Yeah. To go to the university. You chose to study and be smart. So you got accepted into the structural engineering school in Cuba because while everyone else was partying, you said, no, I'm going to study. I want to learn. Yeah. And when you, in the notes that you gave us, so now this is making sense. You said you were in an organization of young communists and they met and fought against all negative attitudes against the Cuban revolution and against the government. So what you're saying, you had to basically be a part of this group of young communists and make sure and, and always speak for the government in favor of the government and against the revolution in order to go to the university. Yes, madam. Got it. Wow. Uh, during the university as well, I was part of that, the communist whatever organization when I was studying on the university. Because you had to. You had basically you had no choice if you were going to go to university. It was a requirement. Yes, exactly. And so you graduated with your structural engineer degree in 1988 and you started working for the Cuban government. And I'm imagining that that's also maybe a little expected. Yeah. So you kind of, your job was chosen for you? Yeah. The, I, they have the opportunity for you to choose the job that you want. They have, when you finish the school, they have like position. Remember, everything there is like, you know, like a rule. You don't have so much option by yourself. But they have one list of the different entities. They need one, whatever, uh, civil engineer or mechanical engineer or, I don't know, pharmaceutical. And then that institution asks for one position. 
they have open one position because they need one engineer. And then they select it. who wants to apply for this position. And maybe they call Scalafon. It's like, I think that here in the school, you have the same. Based on the grades, they have positions. Number one, well, how do you call that? Like, I don't think we have that here. No, no, no. And the, on the school, on the school, you have like... We have a career services office. Is that what you mean? That helps you get a job? No? Okay. No, 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 no. It's like... On the school, on the school, you have, we call a scalaphone. Is you have the number one. I remember when my daughter was a little. Oh, when you graduate, like a summa cum laude, like someone who graduates with the highest GPA. Yeah. And somebody, so you're ranked, you're ranked based on your grades. Yes. And, and everybody is from top to bottom. Yes. Like you're the smartest and then you're the next smartest and then you're the third smartest. Is that yes, the, yeah, that way. And then the first position, the smarter one, have the option to select from the different position entities. They ask for civil engineer or whatever uh, profession and you select it. I want to be working for that uh, entity. And then the second position on the smart stuff, yeah, and I want to be on that position. And then that is your position. I have a question, Giovanna. When So fall of socialism in the USSR happened around 1991, and you were still working for the government in Cuba. And can you tell us how you, how that impacted Cuba? What did you start to see and what you realized about Cuba? Yeah. What happened was at that time, it start everything was like missing. At that time, before that happened, we have some no like never like here that you go to the store and you find so many different you know boxes of meal or boxes of of uh, ice cream or whatever. No, but maybe we have some. But at that point start everything to disappear. We don't have cream cheese. We don't have meal. We don't have, yeah, only rice, rice, rice. <laughs> yes. And then I say, oh my God, at that point, I realized what I told you. Everything here came from there. Oh. We don't have, and they was like, I don't know, was a gift, but not a gift. Was something type of interchange between the government, something like they were doing, the government, the socialist countries over there and the USCIR, whatever, the, yeah, they, we call Russia now, and they said, no more Cuba, no more, and start everything to disappear. Wow. They were subsidizing Cuba, and it started, it stopped pretty quickly, it sounds like. Yeah, that is because in 1994 happened what happened was Guantanamo Bay. They call Guantanamo Bay because since 1991 to 1994 was almost impossible. Now, I don't have family there, but I heard from my friends that now the situation is the same like it was before in those days. It's, it's the same. It's difficult there, but very, very difficult to find food. And so you saw that. And you said, I'm going to Venezuela. Yeah. What made you choose Venezuela? And how did how did you get there? And who to, who did you take with you? Did your whole family go? Your mom and dad, your siblings? Yeah, that was the, let me say, the only possibility appear on my eyes at that point. My friend 
found a way to get a visitor, like tourism visa. And they said, Giovanna, we can go this country and we can, you know, live there for for whatever time we can live there. I said, are you sure? Yes. And I was figured out how the life was there. And I decided, yes, let's go there. And then I got that visa, like tourist visa, and I traveled alone. I was the first member of my family living from Cuba. And I said, yes, I'm ready. Let me go. February 1st, yeah, February 1st, 1997. And were you married and you went first before your husband? Yes. <laughs> first, I was a month alone there, alone. Wow. I was like, looks at that point, maybe I was like the little toothpick. Like, do you use? Because I was... You were a toothpick? Toothpick, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Everything was consumed because I left all my family there, my husband there. I said, oh my God, but it was hard. But at least I said there, the language was not a barrier. Yeah. When I arrived here, that was the most difficult part. And still, it's my, my, my difficult part, the language. Okay, and then after a month, my husband arrived, and after that, my brother arrived. And then we lived together for almost four years, 97 on until December 2000, that we moved to U.S. And then the life was nice. The Venezuelan people were very nice, but what happened was the same, the same, like, communist with Chavez, and I said, no more, Giovanna. You have been living all your life on there. No more. Um, even I have, you know, that you say three months pregnant. I was three months pregnant. I say, we need to go out there. We need to go out. And then we decided to move to U.S. And here we are. <laughs> now, how did you get to the U.S.? Like many, many Cuban families and people through the Mexican border. Ah, okay. Through the Mexican border. And today's day, I don't know, they have some... Every time is different, but on that point, we have one adjustment with the government. They said justice, like law for Cuban, I don't know how they call that, but it was possible to arrive to the U.S. and get a parole. And you get a parole and you have legally live on the U.S. with working permit, with social security number, with everything like you were, you know, received like perfect. Now, I think it's different, but at that point, 22 years ago, was perfect for us, for Cuban, for Cuban family, for Cuban people. For other countries, they have to, you know, different, different things. It was like amnesty. I, I feel like every, I feel like, right, it was like you got to come here because your government was um, treating its people so poorly. And there was a certain amount of people that would come on amnesty, I feel like, but I don't know that. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like the human, I think because the system is completely wrong. The human race is like everyone is born with one ability. Your ability gave you the opportunity to do something. Why some government or whatever person have to limit your ability? No, you have the ability to speak. Speak. You have the ability to create some, I don't know, some art. Do it. 
And over there, everything is prohibited. You don't have to do whatever you want, whatever ability you was born, you were born. It's like, no. No self-expression and creativity. It's all for the government. Yes, yes. And then just backing up slightly, when Chavez became the, was he, is he a president? Is, it, is that what they call in, in Venezuela, the um, president? Yes, president, president. You, you know, heard, you heard, you, you heard about him, I'm sure, because you were living there and you knew about him and what would, and you kind of, you had this sense, you were like, this doesn't seem right. This is seeming, this seems a lot like what I just came from. And, sh- you know, you waited two years and sure enough, it came to be what basically what you had left in Cuba, right? Yes, that was completely. Sounds like you were here. You were me at that point. And I say to everyone, yes, I said to everyone, believe me, that sounds that the same I have been hearing for so many years. For me, it's the same speech. For me, it's like, no, Giovanna, you're wrong. We are different. We are not like the Cuban people. Okay. Okay, and everyone decided to vote Chavez. Look at them now. Right. Yeah, so you're like, you're like, you know what? That's great, but I'll see you later. I'm going. Uh, yes. I'm going to <laughs> Let me know how that works out. <laughs> yeah, works out after 22 years. Looks like works out. It's the same like Cuba. Yeah, mm, I know. I always ask this question to someone who's come from a communist country and lives in the United States. And I know that we are still probably the least corrupt government maybe in the world, but I don't know about that. But what do you see here in the U.S.? What do you see? Like, how do you feel seeing seeing the, I'm sure you have an opinion and you want to share. I'd love to hear. Yes, of course. I have an opinion. I don't have political opinion. Right. I don't have, I don't, I don't see, like I said, no, I can't. I don't have the element to say this government is corrupted and the other is no, no. The only thing that I like so much um, for me, for my family, for my daughter is the war, you say the worthy, like the best is living in the U.S. because here is like say human, you are human, you are treated like human and you are able to do something, do it, pay your taxes, behave correctly and do it. That's it, nothing. Even I pro the government or uh, I don't like the Democrat and don't like the Republicans. Doesn't matter. You live and you progress and you have whatever you are able to achieve. That's the most important part, in my opinion, because of that, for us was like you say, worth it, worth it. I don't know how to pronounce. Yeah, worth it. Worth it. (laughs) Yes, because, yeah, and we are happy here. So, so happy. And after, let me tell you, because first, me, after my husband, I, after, you know, one another, my brother, my niece, my nephews, my sister, my, no, sorry, my mom, everyone at a time, my mom, my grandma, everyone was, you know, was difficult for me, but one and another and another and another. So you, they're all in the U.S., they all came to the U.S., Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Because you you got them here. Yes. Little by little, but everyone here. And when you left Venezuela, you and your husband and your brother all left together, right? It wasn't you coming first. Okay, you all came together. Yes. Nice. So when you got here, obviously you got a job using your 
your degree in engineering. And I know you're, you and your husband have a business together, but that wasn't right away. Your husband's also in construction. So were you both working for other companies and then decided to found your company, D&J, um, in 2004? So for the first four years you were here, you were doing separate things and then came together to start your company? Okay. Yep, yep, yep. He was working on a warehouse. He was working on a warehouse for three years, packing and wrapping boxes and all the stuff. Oh, in a warehouse. Got it. And then he decided, Giovanna, I'm going to work on the construction and we are going to start moving the business. Say, okay, let's do it. <laughs> that's so great. I know. That's like the that's like the quintessential what people say about our country or used to say about our country, about you know, people immigrating here and having the opportunity and, you know, kicking ass and and working hard and, and having, you know, a successful life and business. That's awesome. It's hard, bro. If you, the only thing that you need to be is like aware, what do you need to do? What is, because if you do something wrong, could be bad consequences. Getting for everything else is like possible to learn. You look on internet, you go to the government agency, ask for the permit for this, for that. You learn, and after that, you act. Act. And learning before act because something wrong could be consequences. That's the only thing that you need to be doing here. Behave. That's it. And working hard. Working hard and behave. Some people think you don't have to work hard um, and that you should be able to get, um, you know, just get more assistance. And I'm always impressed by people who immigrate to this country. They're usually the hardest working people because of what they've come from. And it sounds like you and your husband were willing to do whatever it took to get your butts here and then to start your own company. And I'm sure you were working two full-time jobs uh, to make that happen. And I love those stories of people who persevered and worked hard to get what they wanted and now have it because they the sweat equity or the the hard work that you put into it. It's a very impressive story, Giovanna. No, thank you. That's my story. And then teach my daughter. That's the most important part for me. Teach my daughter. Work hard and learn. Work hard and learn. And she knows she's very my young beautiful daughter. She's no in the in the right way. In the right way. Because I'm seeing here some childs that they are spoiled for nothing. They are, you know, say, no, that is not good for, for child. You need to teach them appropriately for them to succeed. It sounds, you know, Giovanna, you have such resilience and, and, and strength. And for our listeners, I called Giovanna a badass when we first met her and got on Zoom. And we all <laughs> laughed. And then I said, by the way, that's a good thing. Because literally, badass does not sound good. But I wanted to make sure she knew that we were talking about a really strong woman. What is it about you? And maybe it's your maybe it's your upbringing. Maybe it's your family behind you. But something gave you the curiosity to keep becoming educated and wanting to learn. And also the ability to say, you know what, we need to leave here, meaning Cuba at first, and I'm willing to go by myself and wait for you guys, but just kind of lead the way to, you know, just to start the process. That's, that takes a lot of strength. Can you just say, you know, tell us where that comes from in you? Um, good, good 
question. I really <laughs> think about that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe because my, you know, my previous, how you say, the my heritage or my my previous families. I don't know. My grandpa. Your genetics. Yes. Yeah. Maybe came from them. The only thing that I know is my family. One part of my family was the rich family, and one part before before the revolution, before all this, and one part of my family was the poor family. And they, my grand grandparents, they one family has so much. When the revolution, you know, came, all this family moved from Cuba to U.S. We never knew about that family, but that part of the family was more than strong. They have business. Everyone there was, you know, like the professional stuff, architects, and they have building. They have so many things before. And maybe that part of the family, I didn't know them, never. I not just know because of my grandma told me. Yeah, I really don't know. And the other part, the part of my grandma, they were very, very, like, they say, humilde, humil. Uh, how do you say? Oh, hu- humil- uh, humble. Humble. That's the word. Humble. The very humble family, but, you know, with no education, with no, you know, but they, I don't know how, but they both <laughs> get together, families, one from the one class, another for the other class. Maybe because of that is my mix. Mix for the strong part, mix for the humble part. It's, it's, it's like a mix. I don't know. Really don't know, Kara. <laughs> really don't know. Well, I mean, you know what? You're strong. You know what? And a lot of times the women we interview, we call them, you know, this is the Be Brave podcast. And we say they're brave. And they're like, I, you know, I don't feel brave. I just did what I thought was right or what I needed to do. So that's right. It's just something in you. And I'm sure it was, you know, it was passed down to you and instilled in you. And you knew what was right and you knew that you you had to make a change and you did it which is awesome which is what led you to where you are today you weren't afraid of change or if you were you're like well i'm just gonna have to deal with it and you pushed right through it which is awesome yeah for me and for my family always for me and for my family that's fantastic now dnj roofing and construction do you is it is it commercial or residential or both yeah, more residential than commercial. Small commercial. Because like you say, all family business is small. Small business. We are not like a Coca-Cola. No, no, no. It's small, small business. Okay. <laughs> and you do whole house construction and roofing? No, we are now. I am able to do it because I have all my license and all the stuff. But we are doing focusing on roofing. Okay. Roofing, roofing, roofing. Got it. Roofing, and you're out of Sarasota. Yes. And they are from, let me say, from Port Charlotte, you know, little south, to Tampa, Hillsborough County, Pinellas County, Charlotte County, all this area. Okay. That's a big territory. Good to know because we have listeners in all those counties. So that's good. That's good. Okay. <laughs> Patty, do you have any last questions? I would, uh, yeah, I'm curious about your daughter. I'm curious about what she's doing, how old she is. Is she working in the family business? I'm just curious because she was born a U.S. citizen, right? Yeah, she was born here in America. My beautiful little daughter, Nicole, 21 years old. Oh. Um, but she feels like she's cute. 
<laughs> she says like uh, like the Latin. I don't know how can I say, it, but but she is like not just beautiful. She's beautiful from the inside. She is like you know strong. She just graduated the last year from the you call major degree. The major degree. Masters. Mas no master no. The major. I don't understand really because for major. What did she major in? Major. Is it a best bachelor? No, but with a major degree in psychology. Oh, okay. And she wants to. Yeah, nothing related with the engineering and construction. No, she said no, Mama. No, no. Then she now is um, working on the hospital, like as a CNA, is like certified nurse assistant to get all the hours she needs to apply for the medical school. I don't know. They ask for, okay, GPA and all the previous study. And after that, so many hours. And after that, go to the medical school. Wow. And that is what she decided. And she's on that way. Do you think that at 13 years old, when you were, I'm going to just call it in the work camp, that you, you would think, did you ever think that you would be here in the U.S.? and owning your own company no never really really never and never in my mind or my thought or my whatever internal me i visualize that no never it sounds like it was just the necessity path that you needed to take yes yes to get to what you wanted to do and and a question we often ask our guests is if you were able to go back and talk to that 13 year old who was in that work camp what would you tell her knowing today what would you tell her yeah the only thing that i always say to everyone learn and progress work hard learn and progress maintain like that way and you are going to succeed i love it you are such a great example for all of us you're a badass thank you you for saying that okay you're welcome and it was such a pleasure to meet you and interview you this was this was awesome do you want to give you want to give a shout out to your company and give us your website okay my website is www.djroofingconstruction.com djroofingconstruction.com easy and my email, my name, Giovanna at djroofingconstruction.com. Easy, easy. Awesome. And Giovanna is J-O-V-A-N-A. Yes, madam. Okay. <laughs> and it's D is in David. J is in Joseph, roofingconstruction.com. Such a pleasure, Giovanna. Keep kicking ass in this world. Keep making a difference. Keep spreading the love and the hard work and perseverance that makes a difference in everyone's life. I really appreciated learning about you. And I would like to say thank you to you for the opportunity to express and to tell everyone what is being hard for the child to grow up in the communist country. Do whatever I'm doing now. That's awesome. Yes. Thank you for that opportunity. Really, really thank you. Thank you, Giovanna. Thank you. Bye-bye. We hope this podcast has inspired and empowered you to overcome what might be holding you back from living your best life. If you love this podcast, please share it with a woman you know who needs a little empowerment. 
Now go out in the world and be bold, be brave, be you. Perfectly imperfect you. With love, Kara and Patty. If you say what you want to say And let the words fall out Honestly, I want to see you be brave I just want to see you I just want to see you just want to see you I want to see you be brave Working hard, behave, that's it Mixed and edited by Desmond McNeese for We Mixed It, LLC. Go to whatsoundsawesome.com.